The I Don't Know Much podcast is pleased to feature a mini-series titled Bad Faith Cycles in Algorithmic Cultivation by Calvin Hillis. It is a seven-episode interview-based podcast series that, in brief, explores identity and agency with the goal of providing I Don't Know Much listeners with an understanding of surveillance in digital space. It's way more than this, so stay tuned as we release weekly episodes of this mini-series on top of our typical episodes. For a precursor and small introduction to this topic, listen to the episode, but I do know if your phone is listening to you with the author of this mini-series, Calvin Ellis. Okay, I hope you enjoy this series as much as I did. Bye. Hi. What are we talking about today? That I think that often what algorithms are able to do is they're able to redefine things about the world and thus speak over other people. In the way that data has become a kind of currency. They're a bit on these more like addictive qualities, like do you feel dependent on social media? Do you feel some sort of symptoms of withdrawal when you're not using it? That sort of thing. What is agency? It really comes down to the question about whether people are the makers of the world that they participate in or whether we enter a pre-existing set with, to a large extent, a pre-existing script. What is the work of self? In a, a hyper-individualized society where we want desperately to have an authentic self. This is, for me, a myth. I don't think we've ever had authentic selves. There's no inner person, this inner essence of who we are, you know, trapped inside all of our ideological behaviors, all, all the things we've told, been told about us, all the things that we've been taught. But there is an idea that there was this authentic self. There was a self that was, I think, more than authenticity. It is a self that is identifiable with oneself. It is a self that is self-referential. What are you talking about when you talk about algorithmic mediation? The idea that we've trusted humans to intervene and to make decisions, and what we are seeing is a shift towards reliance on computers to make some decisions for us. And instead we're kind of sorted into communities that we're not opting into. So I do, I, I'm not saying that that doesn't matter at all. And and people are much less aware of that. I think that there's a way that that open political disputation leads to critical thinking in the best sense, because you're aware that others disagree with you. So what do you mean by bad faith? Any company that's willing to perform non-consensual psychological experiments on 60 million people at a time has no business running a lemonade stand, let alone kind of the electronic nervous system of our democracy, right? It, it like it should permanently disqualify them from being considered good actors, right? D don't get me wrong here. I thought that the internet would develop primarily as an extractive technology. That is to say, the digital devices and applications and networks as they proliferated would find their primary function in the continual comprehensive extraction of data. So what do you mean by bad faith? Monetizing their data. I understand that Facebook does not sell user data per se in the traditional sense, but it's also just as true that Facebook's user data is probably the most valuable thing about Facebook. In fact, it may be the only truly valuable thing about Facebook. Why wasn't explaining what Facebook does with users' data a higher priority for you as a co-founder and, and now as CEO? Mr. Chairman, you're right that we don't sell any data. And 
I would say that we do try to explain what we do as, as time goes on. It's a, it's a broad system. You know, every day, about 100 billion times a day, people come to one of our products, whether it's Facebook or Messenger or Instagram or WhatsApp, to put in a piece of content, whether it's a, a photo that they want to share or a message they want to send someone. And every time, there's a control right there about who you want to share it with. Do you want to share it publicly to broadcast it out to everyone? Do you want to share it with your friends, a specific group of people? Do you want to message it to just one, one person or a couple of people? That's the most important thing that we do. And I think that in the product, that's quite clear. What's a bad faith cycle? Now more analysis of a manifesto found on a website registered to Dylan Storm Roof, along with the simple black and white text, photos showing Roof burning the American flag, aiming a pistol equipped with laser targeting at the camera, and chilling, visiting historic African-American sites just weeks before shedding blood at this landmark. The manifesto's author writes he was not raised in a racist home. The killer's parents say they are in shock, grief, and disbelief. According to the document, the author was truly awakened by the Trayvon Martin case. Coverage of the unarmed black teenager killed by a Hispanic neighborhood watchman in 2012 motivated the author to Google black and white crime. And later, the manifesto says to take action when skinheads and the KKK would not. The family of Trayvon Martin issued a response saying, quote, it is very unfortunate that an individual with such a vile mind and clear criminal intent would dare seek to undermine our mission of peace. Well, I think That's what I'm speaking to. How, are, how is anyone supposed to think that you all take this collective action problem seriously? If you have no one working on it full time, this is not something that technology alone can solve. This is a problem that we are blaming the entire industry for, rightfully so. Recent mass shootings in the United States have sparked continuing debate about the ways in which people are being radicalized online. According to research by the University of Maryland, more than 73% of the time, social media played a role in helping to radicalize people towards extremist ideologies in the US in general. That's from a study from 2011 to 2016. Compare that to the previous five years where the number was just over 26%. Hi. Hey, Randy. Uh, I'm excited for our for our chat today, I think we're going to have an interesting discussion. What are we talking about today? Today we're talking about something, a concept, that describes a process that I think I'm seeing is occurring in digital spaces and is producing non-digital, that is to say real life, results. And I call this concept bad faith cycles. As a concept, it takes the idea of bad faith from philosophy and applies it to individuals interacting with information driven systems in digital spaces. Overall, I'd say I'm discomforted with the level of trust that we as a collective whole so we the users of digital technologies i'm discomforted with the level of trust placed into a variety of algorithms 
the computational equations that are increasingly being given power to make decisions for us. Now I'm not concerned about the algorithms that help my the elevator come to me as fast as possible. So much as I'm concerned with the efficiency models behind algorithms that do calculations for social services or judge rulings. Most primarily I'm concerned with personalized content algorithms. The computer equations that determine what I'm going to see when I search something into Google or what I'm going to see when I go to YouTube or Facebook or Instagram or TikTok. So what do you mean by bad faith? Bad faith often means placing undue trust into something. But in this context, when I talk about bad faith, I'm talking about the concept as a way to help us understand how external forces may influence our behavior and ideas in ways that aren't authentic towards who we are. They won't be operating in our best interests, but they're presented as such. The influences of bad faith onto our development, onto our self-development, may make us feel alienated or disconnected from ourselves and others. What is the work of self? So when I'm talking about the work of self, I'm thinking about it through what's called a symbolic interactionist lens. Symbolic interactionism is a framework in sociology that, well, you know what, I could try and explain it, but I've got chair of sociology at Ryerson University, Alan Sears right here, and he can explain it for us. So, Alan, what is symbolic interactionism? So, symbolic interactionism is a theoretical school in sociology that developed to talk about the ways that people create a reality through a shared culture of meaning. And so it's really about how the world exists to us always through the names that we give to things and through the ways that we organize things conceptually. And uh, what's otherwise meaningless or has its own existence or whatever is only available to us through these shared uh, names, symbols, and so on. And that that's at the core of um, human experience. And symbolic interactionists in their classic form are fairly hard on that point to the extent that they say we really don't have access to the world outside of our meanings. That all we do is recirculate meanings and what happens outside of that really is not available to us in the same much. For an individual, the work of self starts typically in the home and family before slowly being integrated into broader society through public interactions in school and recreation activities. In 2021, the work of self often occurs in digital spaces as well. Internet technologies allow for the exchange of ideas and images, which are the symbolic underpinnings 
of the work of self in a symbolic interactionist lens. Internet technologies allow for this exchange to occur at any place or any time. What are you talking about when you talk about algorithmic mediation? I just want us to think about how media of any type, from the news to your new favorite sitcom, is essentially a mediator of information. That is to say, it is a displayer, it is a transmitter of symbols, of values, of information. Media in the form of books transmits ideas to the reader through written words and text. In music, we accompany vocals with rhythms to set mood and atmosphere. In screen-based media like television, computers, and social media, ideas are transmitted through a combination of text, sound, and images. A symbolic interactionist lens would tell us that media is a contributing component to the ideas generated in our own individual social reality. So when I'm talking about algorithmic mediation, I'm talking about the ways that algorithms sort digital technology users into consumer profiles and provide them with particular streams of content. I'm concerned that this process is placing people into their own little bubbles and fragmenting the shared sense of social reality. I'm also concerned with the ways that personalized content algorithms reduce the agency of digital technology users by making choices for them about what type of content might be available to see. What is agency? So agency is broadly defined as the total amount of actions that an individual can make at any time. Factors that would limit or expand someone's agency would include economic, social, political, and technological factors. What's a bad faith cycle? What I'm talking about when I talk about bad faith cycles is I'm talking about the way that personalized content algorithms are programmed to provide users with content that is most likely to keep them engaged with the platform for the longest period of time possible. This is beneficial to the company that hosts the platform, but not the consumer. However, it is being sold as beneficial to the consumer. To me, this is only one example of bad faith, placing undue trust into an external force that plays an increasing role in deciding what each of our worlds look like. Particular to personalized content algorithms, when I interact with algorithmic Particular to personalized content algorithms, when I interact with algorithmically mediated content, I reproduce my user profile and the algorithm that is feeding me content changes to match this, and then feeds me new content, and so on and so on. This is a cyclical process. That is why I would call this bad faith cycles. And to say that bad faith cycles are contributing to a growing experience of individuals feeling alienated, a general fragmentation of a sense of a shared social reality, an amplification of misinformation, and an amplification of radicalization. 
personalized content algorithms create a unique content feed and thus a unique sense of social reality for a user. Some people have referred to this as a digital bubble, echo chamber, or a rabbit hole. I would call it an algorithmic content funnel. From a symbolic interactionist lens, this process of algorithmic mediation is limiting the range of symbols and ideas that can constitute an individual sense of social reality. When we place our trust in information-based decision-making systems, we are also giving up some of our agency, the ability to make choices about how our social reality is shaped. To me, when the technology that both provides an informational base for you to develop a sense about the world, and the technology increasingly reduces your agency by making decisions about what content is available for you, trusting that system as something that is beneficial to you is done in bad faith. So a bad faith cycle describes individuals interacting with algorithmically mediated content and being influenced by this content to alter their behaviors or beliefs. Personalized content algorithms can easily pick up on these shifts and they will change the content that they feed an individual. While in the late 1990s internet technologies were celebrated in anticipation of bringing the world and people closer together, in the early 2020s, we can point to many instances of the opposite occurring. As a concept, Bad Faith Cycles considers what it means to be an agent in information-driven systems and what it means to place trust in organizations that are more interested in their bottom line than liberty or democracy. Hey there, thanks for checking out the first episode of the Bad Faith Cycles podcast. If you liked what you heard today, make sure that you subscribe to tune in for future episodes. During this podcast series, I'm going to be interviewing communication researchers, scholars, academics, science fiction writers, journalists, psychology researchers, as well as policy analysts on the topic of algorithms. These conversations really help to color the Bad Faith Cycles concept, and I look forward to building it out further. I hope that you got something out of today, and I hope to see you again soon. Take care.